The information contained within this podcast does not consider your personal circumstances and is of a general nature only. You should not act on it without first obtaining professional financial advice specific to your circumstances. Paul Atherton is an ex-Wall Street advisor on a mission to help young people win back their financial power, wealth and security. He does this by helping them understand the hidden world of finance, risk and investments, helps them figure out how it impacts them and to seize the opportunities to make it work to their advantage. This is Paul Street Journal. I'm here this morning with Paul Atherton. How are you, Paul? I'm really well, Tim. It's good to hear. Now, I've seem to have read and heard a lot of things about Bitcoin that's going to take over the world and mm. it's the, the next currency and it sounds yeah. a bit like a, a market disruption to me. What, yeah. what do you think? People are very excited about it, aren't they? Yeah. And very, um, very upset on either side, depending on what you say, I think. So, um, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting time. I think um, some people have made a, a lot of money off it and some people have lost a lot, I guess, depending on where you've gone in or out. But... Um, I mean, the proponents and the people that are that are really pushing this, and there are a lot, by the way, that are very smart people and some really top investors that um, believe this is the way of the future. So, and then therefore, you know, people, a lot of people do ask me, like, are you, are you in, A, are you investing, and B, do you think it's going to be one of these, what I call market disruptions? Is it going to be a market disruptor? You know, if we all start using a version of a cryptocurrency, then that's clearly going to be a market disruption because it disrupts regular currency and what we consider currency today. So I think it's important to step back. So I'm so my answer is a little prosaic, I, th- I think, for a lot of people, because the first answer is I, I don't know, because guess what? I don't have a crystal ball. But I do say I'm suspicious. Now, this usually gets the proponents of Bitcoin very upset with me. And that's fine. But um, I didn't say it's not going to. <laughs> I just said I'm suspicious. And I'm suspicious because if the place where the Bitcoin proponents want it to be or suspect it's going to be and tell me it's going to be is is a simply and categorically a market disruption. That's what it is. And it hasn't happened. We're not in a market disruption. So what is a market disruption? Let's, let's think about that. What's a market disruption? I think one of the first market disruptions that I like to point to is the um, internal combustion engine and the car. And there's a great picture um, of a street in Manhattan, I think it was Fifth Avenue, in 1903, and it's got a picture taken from a little high on one of the buildings, and it showed the whole street, front to back, 1903, all horses, all horses and carriages, just shockers. And there's a little arrow pointing at the one one car. So, I mean, multi-thousands of um, horses and this one car that got discovered. There it is, you know. Somebody's really ahead of the curve there. Okay, so that's 1903. By 1913, same frame, same picture, same location is taken. And it is wall to wall. It's front to back internal combustion engine, i.e. the car, um, automobile. Front to back. It's It's a hilarious picture. And there is in the picture with a little arrow pointing at the one horse. Now think about that for a disruption. Before 1903, when that first car entered the field, we'd been using horses for multiple thousands of years, right? Multi-thousands of years. And uh, think about the proponents then of saying the internal combustion engine is going to take over the world. And, you you know, I'm sure there were the people that said, no, it's not. No, horses, 
Never going to give up on my horse. Just absolutely has to have happened. People would have had to send it. And then within 10 years, it's just horses are all gone. It's all cars. That's a market disruption. So within 10 years. But oh, really, so it's, they call it an S-curve. So the S-curve of uptake. So it's, you don't see much. And then all of a sudden within, again, t- this short period of time, everyone has it. Everyone is using it. So it happens really quickly. And there's another great story that in 1985, AT&T, which was the behemoth in the telco industry, the big giant, AT&T, they commissioned a study on this new fangled idea called the mobile phone, which at the time I I believe was shaped something like a brick and probably weighed even more. They got the, the bright chaps at uh, McKinsey, which is a consulting company, to you know, just give us a projection of where they think the mobile phone, what kind of uptake will it be like in the in the future? And these guys, I mean, they were the experts. AT&T were the pre- predominant market leader in, in everything telco. And uh, they came back with an answer, right? I don't know how much they paid for this answer, but they did. And uh, the number was, we think, in 15 years, so by the year 2000, there will be on the market 900,000 mobile phones, which is kind of hilarious because the actual number was about uh, 109 million phones, yeah? And now that's a market disruption, Tim. Right. So the best and most brightest of the time thought they came up with a staggeringly large number of 900,000. It wasn't anywhere near that. It was 109 million. So people just don't get, don't get disruptions. And insiders... The people that are really inside it don't get it the least. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things to take. It's the people that are really, really into the weeds in this stuff tend to not understand it at all. They don't understand that there's, that this is disrupting. Can you think of another one um, what, recently? I mean, well, class- you, I, I, iPods yeah. themselves in terms of taking over from records. I mean, all right. touch phones. I mean, you often like to well, talk yeah. about phones as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. One of my favorite topics, you know, talk about the iPhone because in 2007, not that long ago, you know, the first smartphone, if you will, if you want to call it that, the smartphone, the touch phone, um, came out, was released by Apple. Now, all the technology, there was a nice molding of technology. You had to have the right processors. You had to have the touchscreen technology. You had to have, you know, there were multiple technologies that coalesced and, and, you know, Batteries had to be the right, you know, capacity and so on. So multiple technologies got coincided in the right place because Google also came out with, I know if it's Google, but other smartphones started hitting the market at the same, roughly the same time. Although I, um, iPhone clearly was the, the leader. So, and when that came out, you know, um, I believe the CEO of Microsoft at the time said it was absolutely would not sell. Like he was so confident I don't think this was just bravado, by the way. It was just so convinced. And I do remember when it was com- when it first came out. You know, to be honest, I was skeptical too. <laughs> you know, I just thought, oh, I don't know. Why do I want something that's bigger? And um, and there were a lot of people on both sides, right? So this wasn't a clear-cut case. And it was so much more expensive. It was tenfold more expensive than a lot of the phones out there. And yet, within 10 years, 10 years, there's no such thing. I mean, Nokia died just left, the market's just completely dominated. So, I mean, there, is there anything else left? It's, it's all smartphones now. I always say that, like I said, 
with a market disruption, you don't have to argue the point. You can be completely wrong. You can be completely right. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The market disruption will just happen and it will happen so fast. So fast it overtakes everything. I don't need, like, like I said, with the iPhone, I was skeptical. My skepticism didn't matter a single jot. My mother, who, bless her, is just about, you know, she's pushing 80 years old, has a smartphone, right? She didn't care that I said, she, you know, it was never going to happen. So market disruptions happen really, really quickly. Um, back to the original question, Bitcoin, like I said, I honestly, I just don't get myself in a lather about it. People are very pro it. People are very negative about it. All I can say is I don't know the future, but what I can tell you is it doesn't matter because if it's market disruptive, it's just going to happen. And ask yourself this, so audience, ask yourself this or ask other people. Will you use it yourself? Will you, like my you know, 77-year-old mother and, and all, you know, certainly every person in your life be using, like, the iPhone? Will, you, will they be also using Bitcoin? Do you really believe this is going to happen? And if not, then it's probably not market disruptive. Or if you think it will, like, what technology will come in to make it so? And that's possible too, by the way. Sometimes you, you need other technology to come in to, to sort of kick things over the edge. And that's, I'm, I'm never discount that either, but... But these are the things to, to think about. So market disruptions are not, they don't care about opinions. They just happen and they happen fast. That's certainly a little bit concerning in some respect. And you never know how your life's going to get turned upside down by the next market disruption. But yeah, well, I've got, I've got a few thoughts on what they might be. So yeah. we could do an episode on that. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming in today. Brilliant, Tim. Thank you. Paul Street Journal. Journal.